welcome back to the fusion culture we are on season two episode one today we have a special guest with us today james camacho so james camacho let me tell you a little bit about james he is a chinese puerto rican stand-up comedian based out of new york city uh besides doing stand-up he is also an actor um who has done shows like kevin can't wait on cbs um, a Crime to Remember ID channel. He's done a few movies, but I'll, I'll let him talk about that. Uh, he is also a member of the Actors Guild. And um, guess what, guys? He also has his freaking own his own podcast, okay? Uh, y'all got to go check it out. It's called um, I'm Just a... F- not an effing kid, but I'm just <laughs> a kid. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's oh, out- we- it's uh it's i'm just oh sorry yes it's uh it's good thanks for having me um this is a um uh it's a pleasure um yeah so uh i have a podcast called i'm just a kid it's a it's a high school podcast what that means is like i have uh my guests on and i just interview them about their time in high school and you know we talk about all the you know like prom bullying uh detention you know just just trying to fit in you know be popular or all that stuff and uh, it's very good. It gets very nostalgic. So um, that's available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And I'm at Kamach Bro on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. And uh, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I think, uh, from what I saw, I think that's that's what you had on there. Guys, go follow him. You have to follow him. He is a really funny guy. He has been doing stand-up um, around uh, the nation, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. 2020. I think Eddie was going to ask you something. Oh, Eddie froze, guys. <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, like um, we were saying earlier, we are very excited uh, to have you on the show today. Um, also with um, how I said that you've been like doing stand up and all that um, um, around the nation and stuff uh, recently. How has 20, how was 2020 for you? 2020 and um, the present? Because I know with COVID and all that, you know? Yeah, so well, COVID hit in March of 2020, and there was about, oh, like 100 days where I didn't do stand-up. So from March to like June, like end of June, I, I didn't do any shows, which is a trip for me because I've been doing comedy now coming on seven years. And since 2014, up until March 2020, I had been doing stand-up every single night of my life. Yeah, so multiple shows too like three shows a night for six years and then it just ripped away it all just ended and the first couple weeks were great i'm like ah you know whatever who cares little vacation but then i started going a little little um little cuckoo bananas um after about two weeks because i'm in new york and everything is just completely shut down and um then the zoom shows came and those were weird at first i was very hesitant but then i started doing them because it was better than doing nothing and then july came and got back on stage and was just so timing off just just like forgot it's like you know when you're it's like the old cliche like learning how to ride a bike like you know i got back on the bike and i fell off you know completely and i got back on i was you know two pedals in falling back down and it took me about another month of doing shows to like you know outdoor shows too like the worst environments outdoors in front of you know on the subway just 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 met up just weird places and 
um, to get my timing back. And, but now, you know, things have been a little more consistent. Um, cause, uh, I think in March, the whole nation was like shut down. Now it's like, just pretty much like the, the major cities. And then you go, you know, I'm in Florida now and they're pretty much wide open here. Texas is wide open. The Midwest is pretty open. So there's stuff out there and it just feels good to like get on stage, get my timing back. And, um, like I said earlier, before we recorded, I'm very grateful that, uh, I have these opportunities cause I know they're, um, a lot of people don't. I get like, I, I'm in this club in Tampa called Size Players. It's a great club. And like the moment I posted I was going to be here, I got like six messages from people like, huh? oh my God, you're so lucky. How, how do I get there? Oh my God, Jesus. And like, I never used to really get that. I never used to get all this, like, how do like, can you help me out? Can you blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's very flattering. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. And um, do you- That is great. That is great. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like your your comedy had to change uh, because of COVID and the times that we were living in uh, twenty twenty and current. Did you change anything up, or or did you feel like comfortable doing what you normally do? What type of comedy do you do, first of all? Yeah, so I talk a lot about what's going on in my life. Um, a lot of anything that I feel really passionate about, like anything that annoys me. Or, so I guess anything that gives me an emotional response, like anything annoys me, <laughs> makes me feel happy, sad, upset, whatever, you know, um, that's something I, I, I'll talk about on stage. Um, like my girlfriend, she bought me these books recently, or she bought us a book to read together um, uh-huh. about neuroscience. Uh-huh. And she was like making a joke, like, isn't that funny? Like I bought you yeah. a book, you know, like, you know, like I'm the weird girlfriend's giving you homework. You should write a joke about it. I'm like, to be honest, I, I'm indifferent about it. Like, I really like I, you buy me a book. She's like, it's fine. Like, you want to do a couple things? I'm all for it, you know? And she was like, you don't think that's funny? I'm like, I, I could see where it's funny, but I just don't really have a huge uh, emotional response to it, you know? So, you know, I had a joke where like, you should have bought a book about how to, you know, make our relationship work, not a not a book about <laughs> brains, you know? Yeah. Right. But see, that's more like a one liner. That's something you could tweet, you know, or tell like, in a, in a, but on stage, it, it wouldn't really work. Like, uh, I don't, I, I you got to go a little more in depth on stage. And that's just not something, you know, that I'm passionate. I got to listen. I love doing a couple things. I'm always bothering her about what I'm doing. So um, I feel like the least I could do is, uh, you know, she's always like giving me advice about comedy and, you know, advice on my jokes. And she's in neuroscience. So I, I can't help her, you know, I'm a big uh, dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are so excited to have you here today and uh, we are honored to have you here, but we would like to know a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. When did you know that stand-up comedy was going to be part of your career? So um, pretty much, I think maybe like a year in, I was doing maybe like six months in, I was like, this could be a career. Cause when I first started it, it was kind of like, I fell into it. Cause I was doing a lot of theater, like comedy theater and screenwriting about like, like, like rom-com screenplays. Like I was writing, drawing comic books and all this stuff. And comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I literally would, I would, that is good. <laughs> They weren't good. They were just like, I would take computer paper and fold them in half and staple the sides and then just draw stuff and, you know. 
It's good. My yeah, it, it was have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it was something. And my husband owns it, a comic book store, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, comics and shit and stuff like that, though. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I was, into, I was into that. Yeah, mangas. I would always pick up the, the newspaper and read the comic sections. Um, so I was all into that comedy uh, stuff, writing and, and, and creating. And then obviously, you know, eventually uh, stand-up just kind of, you know, you, you hear about it. And you're like, oh, I'll try that. It's comedy, you know. And it was just perfect because like literally writing stuff and I'm going to perform it, you know. And I was doing a little acting and comedy writing. So it was great. And then I just did it once. I just kept doing it. Like I just, I remember I took a class cause I was interested in it and I wanted like a safe space. So I took the class, I did it the first set. And then I just remember like, oh yeah, I want to do this again. And that a weekend passed and I did it again. And it went from like, all right, let's do two mics a week like two open mics a week. Then it went to three, then it went to like every night. And then it just kept going and going. And the more I did it, the more, um, it was like the first thing I really tried anything in my life. You know, my whole life has been just kind of like goofing off and just partying and just trying to be cool. And this is the first thing I was actually working towards a goal. And uh, I'm still working towards that goal. But yeah, so in terms of like, this is the career I wanted to do. I think it kind of came after about a month in maybe of like, oh, I'm now doing open mics every day. And this is like, I want to keep getting better and keep going and keep going and keep going. And I'm, I'm obsessed. I think that's where it kind of hit now, me. Where did, uh, where did um, acting come to play? So where acting. You, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so a acting is a uh, so before stand up, I'm like obviously like uh, you know when you're uh, so obsessed with you know comedy movies and comic books, you're like oh I like I, you see you know you started thinking yourself on TV, you know. So I thought I thought about that and I slowly started doing some. So I, I always wanted to do theater. I've always wanted to do acting all throughout middle school, high school. I just never did it because I thought people would think I'm lame and like uh, I'm a geek, you know. So I just never acted on it until I got into college, you know. Um, in college, I remember my parents were pressuring me like I was in my second year. They're like, what are you doing? Like, you're still an undeclared uh, major. Uh, you're a failure. Like you got to figure out what you want to do with your life. And I just went the route of like, um, I'm just gonna do, like, I'm gonna, I really like just looked within. I'm like, I've always been interested in like writing and acting. So I just did that. I just dropped, I was like going for economics, not really, but I just dropped all those courses. I just took all these English courses. I started um, uh, fulfilling the English major requirements. I did the acting stuff. And that was my first like actual acting experience. I was doing plays and I was doing um, comedy improv and, Eventually that trend that, that became more into like auditioning for commercials and TV shows and movies. Wow. Yeah. And um, I, to be honest, like theater was fun, but I, I have no interest in doing theater anymore. <laughs> it's just, a, it's, like, that? it's just a lot of work and um, it's a lot of time. And like, it, it really like you, if you're doing a theater production, you need to be all in, you know, and I'm too all yeah. in stand up. And if you do, if you get booked for a TV show or a commercial, um, you still have to be all in, but especially for a commercial, like you just, they just need you for like a day, you know, and you just, it's not a lot of lines to memorize. The stuff I'm going for too, it's like uh, blue blood. It's like one line on a show, you know, I get punched in the face. Yeah, that, like, that's my line. And <laughs> so they just need me for a day. There's not much there, I audition, but when you do a theater production, you got to memorize all the lines. 
and you got to come into rehearsal. And then the week before the show is called tech week. You're literally just con- like you're, you're 18 hours a day, just, you know, or whatever you do your day job. And then you go to the theater at night and you run the play over and over again. You just work out all the kinks. And um, I just wasn't, I did it. And um, I just, I, I was always kind of going for just the on-camera stuff to begin with, but I obviously needed that background in acting to even get there. Right. Yeah. So, um, what was I going to, oh, I lost my train of thought, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, going back to stand-up um, and stuff, um, the, how do you practice, like, for your shows and stuff like that? Are you more of a spontaneous person off the cuff, or do you, what do you do? Do you go to smaller clubs uh do you like 10 minute sets or like how, how do you um yeah so i definitely um i do small rooms like i'll do open mics here and there or i'll do like a bar show um like 10 minute sets to work on new material the zoom things have actually been okay too because you can work on i i do like to especially when things so new i like to come come on and zoom and do it or i tweet it um, or I make like a TikTok of it. And then if there's something there, I keep building for the stage. Um, but yeah, it's like, it all starts from an idea and I write it and then I take it to somewhere where there's not a lot of stakes, like an open mic, a, a bar show, Zoom show. But then, you know, and then I, I just, I work on it. And if it starts getting laughs there, I start getting more comfortable saying it. Then I'll bring it to a, like a, like a, like a comedy club that has like maybe like, you know, like an off night at a comedy club where there's maybe like 50 people in the crowd. Um, and then if it does well there, and if I just get a good feel for it, I feel calm. It's all about confidence too. Like once you start getting laughs for an idea, you start go, you, in your head, you're, you're just like, oh, this is funny. Like, I, I know it's funny. It, it's, it's the hit ratio is getting better. And then with that confidence, um, you can do it. And then once you do it for like a crowd for like 200, 300 people, um, then you're like, and it gets a big laugh. You're like, oh, this is good. This is perfect. Like, um, so that's really where it comes from. But then, there's, yeah, go ahead. No, that, that. I say, have you had a time in like while performing where I mean, obviously we've all bombed at some point or whatever. But how do you recover from it? Or do you have a funny story to tell us, or anything that that's happened to you like while while on tour? Oh, bombing stories, or just like in general when I'm on stage and and things are going well. Like a bombing story, general, whatever, however you want to set it up is cool. But just how do you recover from it? And how did, I mean. Yeah. So there's always, so bombing is, is going to happen. And the only way you get better, you can get better at bombing, which is, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I, now if I'm like, I, you know, it's funny, like the other night I wasn't bombing, but like, I could feel like the crowd wasn't, I wasn't too connected with them. And I kind of had this feeling, you know, you have that kind of feeling in your stomach, where like, uh oh, like shit, you know, like this isn't going well, like, uh oh. And when you're new, you kind of let that feeling like eat you, you know, and you let it come across. You, 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 you can, sh- you show it to the crowd, you know, your shoulders get, you know, your shoulders go down, you're slumped, you know, you start looking on the ground. And the crowd, like, once they see that you've lost confidence, they lose confidence in you, and then it's all over. But when you start getting more experience, you start to learn almost how to fake it. Like, so now if I'm think I'm bombing, yeah. going well, it's kind of in my head. But outside, I'm smiling, I'm walking around, I'm just going for it, you know. Right. And if you do that, you can get the crowd back. And once you get the crowd back, 
you're you're alive you know like i think the i think the show last night the first eight minutes of my set i just feel like i wasn't connecting with them and i kind of like you know faked it i calmed down i slowed down and i did some crowd work too that helped and then the, the rest of the 20 minutes of my set were were great um do you ever yeah. was that do you ever go off script you you kind of have to because once you no, know I everyone has their script or their act uh-huh. and if that's not working um like your so your act if it's you trust it, it it should be good it should be good material it should kill all the time but you have right. to present it the right way. So sometimes for whatever reason, you went up there, you tripped, you know, or you, or you, you made a bad joke up top or you made fun of us and, and they're kind of turned off by you and you're doing your jokes. And comedy's not that thing where like, just because it's a good joke, people are going to laugh. They have to really buy into you and like you. Right. So they're not buying into right. you you're telling these jokes that are good. They're not going to laugh. So you have to change the perception of you. And a lot of times you have to go off script. Like, People say comedy is like a boxing match a lot. You're in a boxing match with the crowd because it's constant like feeling it out. Like, 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 where should I go? Should I just keep going with my act? Are they into me? Are they not into me? Like, it's just constant. Like your senses are always firing the whole time you're on stage. Like if you think about going on stage, everything's like, oh, like people are looking like you're just nervous the whole time. Uh, 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 A second, if you take, I'll, I'll be on stage and like, I'll take a second of silence to myself to kind of like chill yeah. and to me it's, it feels like an eternity and then i'll watch the tape it's like that was two seconds you know yeah and uh, um yeah. you like the challenge of it right like the i don't know how to explain it um the what the challenge of it all like the experience like the uh having to be spontaneous kind of sort of in a sense yeah. you're you're having i to think they read the room and yeah well i i it's funny because I, I, I have an act and I, I really want to work on it a lot. Like I love working on the jokes. That's a big part of it. That's why I like to do, but I am actually funnier. I'm a naturally funny person. Like if you, if we hung out in person, I'm, I'm yucking it up. But so when I'm natural on stage, I'm actually funniest. So a lot of times I'll be doing my act and I'm like, okay, like I'm getting into this robot mode. And when I start, when I break out of it, I start make I start doing some crowd work or just kind of going off the cuff. That's when people start really, liking me and digging me and then i'll like then after that i once i get them on my side then i'll go back into my act but that's something i'm working on to this day is just trying to get my act to kind of be more natural and more me you know the wording is all there but um like i sometimes i'll write jokes i just don't talk like that in normal life like no one talks yeah. and set up punchline you know <laughs> right. yeah now james i have a question for you can i ask sure. a question yeah Okay, so you are telling us that it is really important for us to actually, well, whenever you are on stage, it, it is important for you to read your audience. That is very, very important, right? Yes. So how do you deal, how do you deal with, um, okay, you're doing okay, you're, you're, you're making your punches, you're doing everything correctly, but what if you see somebody who's not enjoying your show? What do you do in that case? What, what is your strategy? How do you change that? Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you actually attract them to get into your show? Right. So if it's one person in the crowd that's not laughing at anything, but everyone's laughing, then you're you're okay. You're not gonna get everyone. Right. Kinda, it's tough though, because everyone could be laughing and you just you could you always spot the one person that's not enjoying you. And they're yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> and for honestly, it's like if you got the whole if you got 99% of people laughing and one person hates you 
you just got to ignore it and you just keep going. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe their date is, uh, they got catfished, so they're pissed off or something, you know? But um, if a whole room isn't enjoying, if like you're just not doing well, like like I said, it's like, you just got to, confidence is a, and, and authenticity are so big when you're on stage. You could say anything on stage. You could say the worst things in the world, but if you're confident and they like you, they're going to laugh. They're going to enjoy you. You know, that think about good. salesmen. They use car salesmen. Yeah. They, still, they, they can, they, they'll, they, they're ultra confident, you know, like um, that's how they got to be. And you know, they're full of it. They're full of it. But of course. Yeah. <laughs> what, so where does um, the podcast come in? Like what, how did you get started with a podcast? I'm just interested in that too. Uh, and where does it come into like the whole comedy stand up and all that? Stuff? Right. So the podcast is 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 pretty much um, not really related to stand up. So I was a big fan. So my comedy inspiration really comes from comedy movies like um, American Pie and like these terrible these terrible terrible high school movies like The New Guy. But they're funny. <laughs> they're so funny. Not another teen movie. Scary movie. Like and, oh, yeah, um, yeah, super bad. Like I just love those movies because I, I was a real I like super bad. So yeah, so good. And I was such a real big dork in high school. And I was so obsessed with like being popular and fitting in that these movies were like my life, you know. Like I, I my my parents are you're great, you know, they support me and they're but they never really talked to me about like um social life ish stuff, you know. Like my dad never told me how to ask out girls, my mom never told me how to like um whatever, like make like she never encouraged me to make friends. It was more just kind of like get an education. So I would learn a lot of these social things through watching these these uh, movies, you know, and I try to like you know copy what I saw in the movies. Like there's this one uh, movie called The New Guy, and this guy literally he's such a loser that he gets himself expelled from high school, and he goes to a new high school and he starts over again. I remember thinking like I want to start over again. Like I'm a loser in my high school. <laughs> Have you? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've. Napoleon Dynamite. Do you like that one? Uh, yeah, you know what? I haven't seen that oh. one in a while. I got to see that again. But that one's so dry, you know. Like it is. Yeah. The ones that like are a little more crude, like American Pie, where they're like, you know, people are peeing off balconies on other people's foreheads. Like <laughs> it's a little more crude, you know. Yeah, they are. Uh, oh my goodness. Okay, so tell me. Uh, let's talk about. Your icon, your what, who you looked up to within stand up. Mm, so, icon is there if you have one more than one, that's fine. But yeah, so in the, when I was very new, um, I really liked. Uh, I thought Bill Burr was uh, really, really great, and yeah. I watched old stand up videos of myself. I'm just trying to do Bill Burr so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Like I got the mics. You know how he leans on the mic stand. Yeah. I'm doing that on stage, but I'm not even doing it the right way. Like Bill looks cool doing it. It looks natural. Like my, I'm all up here and like, I'm just a mess. You know, it's, it's un totally uncomfortable. And um, I just like Bill because, you know, Bill's so great, but you know, everyone always talks about like, oh, he has these jokes about um, what, you know, the client, the political climate and stuff or the top. Yeah. I'm like, I really like the jokes where he, he gets personal about, you know, his girlfriend and his dog and like his personal life stuff. That's the stuff that always, I've always liked. Like I like when guys go up there and like kind of complain about their relationship. I, I don't think, I think there's Bill nothing Burr. funnier than that. I don't know if I'm, I'm thinking of the right one. 
the right uh is bill burr the one that comes out on mandalorian yeah yeah he's in mandalorian yeah, yeah. i like him yeah my yeah. husband and I were watching his um he has a lot of uh stand-up shows on netflix and um he likes yeah, he him does. like i had to kind of get into him <laughs> yeah <laughs> him but um yeah he's kind of cool i like him and i liked his character he did well on uh the mandalorian, the mandalorian. Yeah, he's got a really good career because um, he's a he's a stand up comic. Like that's what that, that's what he's known for. Mm-hmm. But he's has all these roles and these amazing movies and TV shows. The Mandalorian. He was on the Chappelle Show. He was in Breaking Bad. Like yeah. Jesus. Most people like Kevin Hart. I think yeah. People think Kevin Hart as like a an actor. Then he's a comedian. You know. And Kevin Hart's got to be, I think he is just kind of more of a clean comic, but he's got to be super safe. He's got this image he's looking out for. He's a icon. He's a, he's a real role model to a lot of young kids, you know? Um, Bill Burr is like, I, he is a role model, but Bill Burr, he can just kind of be a comic, which is like say things that are controversial. And that's what it, like, things you're not supposed to say. Yeah. 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 And people, don't, <laughs> people won't give him a, uh, crap for it you know like a guy like kevin hart he, i mean you know we all heard about the he lost his um the, uh, his hosting gig as an oscar because he was a stand-up comic you know mm-hmm. yeah it's very yeah. different now Sadly. like 20 years ago to now right you do you feel like it i mean it has changed right i mean on what you can say what you can't say um, yeah i i think definitely i think you always i think if you i think it's always been a little like if you were uh, gonna walk that line you had to walk it right you know, um, but now I think with social media, I think people are more on edge because you never know if someone's recording you and that gets out, then, you know, you get canceled, you know, cancel culture wasn't really a thing because things happened, but no one really they uh, do. didn't get around. You know? Noticed them before. Yeah, they yeah. didn't notice them before. But now with all the media, the social media is everywhere. So mm-hmm. they can easily catch anything. Now, uh, James. Uh, would you like to share with us the most memorable moments of your career? Sure. So right off the bat, I think um, I was just thinking about this moment the other day. I uh, my first ever comedy club in New York City that I got um, accepted into called it's called Past. When you, when you pass at a club, you audition and then they pass you. Oh, cool. um, it was this club, the Comic Strip. Okay. Live. Yeah, it was this club, the Comic Strip Live in New York City. So they do a yearly audition, open audition. So uh, they pick a lottery. There's a, a day called the lottery day where a bunch of comedians show up. They get a lottery number with a, a date attached to it. And they show up on that date in the future. And then they audition and the club auditions every Tuesday um, throughout the year. And I got my, I remember it was like February. It was snowing out. I got my date for August. And, you know, like uh, I didn't think too much about it up, 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 until we got closer. Then I started preparing the set. And people are always like, this club is, uh, you know, the owner's so tough. Like, he'll, uh, he'll say no right to your face and, and tell, say you should quit and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, he's brutally honest. And a lot of people get, like, getting, so the rejection to acceptance ratio is, like, one to, like, maybe 20, 30 people. Uh-huh. So they audition about four acts a night. And nine times out of ten, it's no, no, no to everyone, you know? So... I get there. I'm obviously nervous. First club. I'm still new. I still suck, you know, and um, I uh, 
I remember, I'll never forget, like, so it was an August night. It was in the summer. So the club was um, pretty nicely attended. And I get there, my audition is supposed to be at like 1040 or something like that. And then um, George, uh, Jay Farrow, do you guys know who this is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jay Farrow. Um, Jay Farrow's, uh, he's, he's a pretty famous comedian. I think he's been on SNL. He, he comes in, he wants to do like a surprise drop in set. So, wow. you know, he, yeah, he goes on, he does like whatever, 20, 30 minutes, people love it. And then after he comes on, comes in, uh, George Wallace <laughs> comes in, who's like Jerry Seinfeld's best friend. You know, he's like a comedy legend. Yeah. He comes in, he does another 20, 30 minutes. And now it's like midnight and this has like been a crazy night. And like, I don't, I obviously don't care. My audition has been pushed. I'm just like, this is, this is nuts. But you know, we get to like 12 and then, so Jay Farrow gets off stage and the owner of the comic strip was like, Jay, let's, you know, come in my office, let's talk. Mm. And, but, and then I'm, but, but here's the thing. So he's going to the office to talk, but I'm going to audition next. Like I'm going, I'm next to audition. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, is he not gonna, is he not gonna watch my set? Like I, I've been waiting like six months for this. Like, <laughs> is he gonna miss my set? <laughs> And then I just remember, uh, I'll never, it's just a humbling moment in, in comedy. And this is comedy in a nutshell. The bartender working there, he's like the manager, bartender. I go, I'm like, not complaining, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like auditioning. I'm supposed to be auditioning and the owner is not in the room and I'm next. And he's talking to Jay Farrow and the, what happens now? And the guy goes, no, nah, just, just tough luck. That's it. And he just like walked away. Like, he's like, ah, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, so I'm like, I know. Yeah. So this is actually kind of good though, because I went from like reciting my set in my head over and over and over again to now like, oh my God, like, is he, where is he? Is he, is he there? <laughs> is he calling me? And then the host, God bless him, one of the best guys I know in comedy, the guy hosting the show, James Mattern. He's like, I'll, I'll try to stall for as long as I can, man, but it's getting late. We got to go through this. So he gets up there. James goes up there. James Mattern goes up there for like two minutes, stalls a bit. And then I remember even going like, all right, well, you know, we got auditions and like, oh, here it comes no owner. I'm a, I'm a loser. This is my life. And then at that moment, the owner of the club like walks in and he sits down in the back and I get called on. It all happens so quick. Like he walks in, I get called on, I go up and I have a, a pretty good set and there's a nice sized crowd and they're pretty juiced up from all the drop-ins. I had a, listen, it wasn't, it wasn't a great, I'm sure if I watched it, I was probably, I would probably rip my eyes out but it started off really strong and then i remember my last joke not hitting that well but i had to i only had two minutes so i just like said goodbye and you know right after all the auditions everyone meets with the owner after and i he i you know he's like we you know where are you from i'm like oh i'm from new jersey he's like how long have you been doing this i'm like uh like you know whatever two years at that point he's like you're working anywhere other clubs i'm like i, I like i do like some guest spots here and there at this club that club and then he's just like all right you know the sign you know so i i got passed for late night which is like after the regular show they have the new comics going up after and do five minute sets so he goes all right so the word the way you know he's just the way late night works you come in there's a clipboard you sign your name i'll reorganize the list and i'll see you you know we do it monday through thursday and i'll see you then and i was wow. like oh my god like it was just like one of those nights, I remember I took a selfie because I just wanted to see how, how my face looked, you know? <laughs> and 
and I posted it. It's on my Instagram somewhere like August 2014 or 15. Okay. I'm gonna have to go back and look. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, we're gonna have to though. Like, my dumb face. <laughs> like she's yeah. stuck all the way down to like 2014 anyway. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's one moment. Um okay. yeah, and another one about this is right before the pandemic. This is March. I um I get a call on a Thursday um, to open for uh, Damon Wayne's Jr. at this, uh, for like 14 shows at, with this, uh, with this comedy club. Dang. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I had to cancel like two gigs. Both those guys yeah. like, yelled. They were so mad at me. I'm like, hey, I can't pass this up, man. So. <laughs> hey, right. Yeah, you, hey, opportunities hey. are opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I have to cancel your uh, $10 gig. <laughs> in a on a train for this uh, amazing uh opportunity yeah but so I, <laughs> I get to the it's great like every show sold out his fans are so excited to see him it's it's wonderful i, I have merchandise i sell a bunch of merchandise so i i make so much money I, I get these new videos from the sets that i've been sending to bookers even to this day that have been getting me more um bookings and it was magical magical weekend these clubs are great i also got to like kind of like um prove myself to the the club owners you know and right i remember the last show this is we so we we worked together for two weeks the last show i'm like man this is so great man like I, i'm so uh this this has been amazing like uh you know it's great to you know work with you meet you get to know you all this stuff and then uh, i just said i'm so i'm so insecure like and like i have low such low self-worth i was like I'm, I, I bet like they called me Thursday midnight. I'm sure someone dropped out and I was like a last resort. And he goes, no, like they sent me a bunch of tapes and I picked your tape. Like, I thought you were the, the best one. And like, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, they had some, some people send me these uh, uh, late night show Colbert Conan sets. I was like, you know, you were the most interesting. I wanted to know more about you. I was just like, ah! like, I was like I'm on my chair trying to hold in the, the, like, this is the nicest thing anyone's ever right. sent to me. This is like, I, I like, amazing, like, just like all everything, all the open mics, all the bombing, all the like, just it was suffering is all, it all is worth it for that moment. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And, um, you know, whenever I feel down about myself, my girlfriend is always like, remember, remember, remember Damien picked you? <laughs> like, remember. And, um, so that was a huge one. Just that whole weekend, all those shows and just then to have that, have that kind of like, so passionate about what yeah. you're doing you know what i mean and how you're Absolutely. so humble like you yeah. humble no matter what because some people as they start growing they get all like you know like i'm a fucking god or something but i mean like you, you stay humble and that's really good and you're really yeah. Smooth, so yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i'm so incapable of um having any uh pat pat i can't i could i barely i rarely i will literally physically pat myself on the back if I feel like I deserve it, like it's, you'll see me in public and I'll just be like, and you're just like, what the heck? That is good. That's good. <laughs> but I have that to, is a good I, don't give to those pat, I give those pats in the back like twice a year where I'm like, all right, I was the, you did it today. <laughs> but, yeah. It's I mean, tough because, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I'm saying it's tough because I, I, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, I go to therapy and stuff and like he's always like, you come on, man, like give yourself some credit, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to balance it, but it's, it need, I think the balance having this kind of, um, uh, feeling is good. Cause it pushes me, you know, and I, I don't really ever feel satisfied, but also at the same time, it's torturous, you know, cause 
you want to sometimes feel good about yourself and like kick back and like, you know, bask in your glory. But for me, it's, it's like, I can bask maybe for that one night and then maybe a day after, but really quickly I start to get like nervous and like, uh, come on, dude, you got to get back at it. I got to work. So, um, it's a bit exhausting, but I think it's also kind of necessary. I, from what I hear these big name acts, some of them get a little crazy and they get a little full of themselves, but I hear a lot of them are still like, I got to keep going. I got to, you know, and these guys, these are guys that have millions of dollars and multiple Netflix specials and multiple movie deals. There's, I think Kevin Hart's kind of like that. I think Kevin Hart's kind of like, what's the next, what's next, what's next? How can I get bigger? How can I get bigger? You know? Right. They, you just have to focus on what's coming up. So yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, Rose, we had a question. Did I? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, what were we talking about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, so what 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 do you feel is coming up for you? Uh, closing it up because I know that uh, we gotta. I know that you're a busy man and everything. So, uh, but what what do you see coming in uh, for you um, next ten months? And where do you see month or ten years? Ten years, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, oh boy, so in ten years from now, I'll be what 16, 17 years in the comedy. I'll yeah. be in my mid thirties. And I mean, I, I hope I have a, I hope I have a legitimate career at that point. Like, I think I will like every year I've been doing comedy has been getting better. Even with the pandemic, it's like, there was a little stoppage, but um, I'm still working a lot. And um, every year has been better than the last. So I, I, I really, I work hard. And I think, you know, as long as every year progresses, and I don't plateau, which I don't think I'm capable of letting myself do. Um, there should be some, you know, there should be success. And by success, I mean, I would love to have a career like, um, uh, like, like Bill in a sense where like, I'm a really strong, respected stand-up, a lot of parts in movies. Now, like the stand-up thing is like, I'm getting comfortable with, I kind of figure it out. Like if I, you know, I'm, I, I, I kind of got a groove going, but the acting is definitely something that's really tough because I would love to do more roles in, you know, TV shows and movies. And I'm auditioning all the time for God. Like I, I audition for multiple things a week and um, it's, 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 I'm not a great actor. I need to take more classes. So maybe I should focus more on that, but I would love to be in more TV shows and just, I honestly would love to get like a big acting role and maybe have to shelf stand up for a little bit for, you know, not forever, but maybe for a year if I have to film something for, for a while, you know? To get that part of the group yeah. and also it's like i i do want to get into that industry more stand-up is such the, the lowest point of show business you know it's in its own little category ironically a lot of stand-up comedy clubs are in basements it's kind of like the basement and the upstairs <laughs> yeah the upstairs is like the, the the you know the actors and then you know the singers and like stuff so um i do want to get more of a taste of that i do want to get better as a performer um so yeah, in 10 years, I just see myself definitely headlining, respected. You know, if New York City opens up where the way it should be, I'll be hopefully working at the top clubs there and just more acting roles, like just 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 more, you know, more comfortability. And I hope also too, like uh, I have a girlfriend now who I uh um you know I'm very into and uh I hope 
we work we I hope we we make it there because I would really like to be with someone it that will. kind of started started with me from the from the beginning. Mm -hmm. you know? I don't want to meet someone when I'm already kind of no. It, it's not as romantic, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. You're an awesome guy. It seems like you're yeah, very yeah, it <laughs> you're goal oriented and very passionate about what you do. So I mean, I think you're Thanks. I think you're gonna hit that peak that you're wanting to hit, right? In ten years or whatever, but. Yeah. Uh, so what's coming up for you? Uh, what are you doing? You said you're in Florida right now, but what's coming up for you uh, within the year? Do you have any, uh, where are you going to be at? So it's, I, I have, uh, I'm at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida um, throughout Valentine's Day weekend. And then Wednesday, February 17th, I'll be at Gatsby's Joint in Fort Lauderdale. I'll be doing a show there. And then I'm coming back up to Orlando, Florida for Porky's Comedy Club um, that weekend. I think that's the 19th and 20th. And then I'm doing a show in Delray Beach Monday um, at the Tin Ray. Uh, Tin Ray? Tin Roof. Jesus. Tin Roof and Delray. <laughs> and then I come back home and then I'll be at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, March 2nd to 4th. I'll be opening for Joey Coco Diaz that wednesday um joey's yeah joey's like a really big act he's like best friends with joe rogan that's something that's another one where I'm oh, gonna, that's a big one huh yeah it's yeah. a big I, I gotta really bring the heat there i i treat all these things like auditions any anytime every show i really treat as an audition but like those shows that i'm opening for people like i that's a that's a word gets around you know like he may be talking to rogan one day all about like, oh. networking right yeah right but after that it the the it, there's, it, I'm still struggling a little bit to find work because I'll hit places up and they're like, listen, we love you. We're into you. Um, but I, you're not a big enough act for us to bring. And we're running at like whatever capacity. We don't think the money we would be willing to pay you is worth it. So it's, it's, it's still a little tough trying to book things, but um, this has been my whole life. My whole career has been like, Oh my God, I, there's nothing in the horizon. What am I doing? And then it, it all kind of works out. So it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to work out for you. You seem like pretty awesome. I have a question. Sure. Can I ask a question before Absolutely. we go? Yes. Okay. How do you integrate your heritage, your, your Latinx like flavor and your, and your heritage from uh, your Chinese heritage into your comedy? I mean, isn't it that like kind of, you know, like kind of difficult, especially like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but how, how do you integrate it? So I, 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 um, I definitely do integrate it. It's a, it's a very big part of what makes me unique. And uh, right. That's what yeah, I, I just, you know what I really like any joke I said, it's like anything that makes me upset, happy, sad, blah, blah, blah. So um, with the Chinese and Puerto Rican uh, stuff, it's just stuff that like, has made me feel something you know i'll talk about how my mom was super strict i'll talk about how my dad was a little bit distant and the all these things come from like human emotions like sadness anger blah blah, blah. and people can all relate to that it may not be like Hi. their specific um it may not be as specific they, it might be this you know specifically what they can relate to but they can relate to the emotions you know and right, right. you know honestly stereotypes are are kind of helpful because it kind of gives people at least a little bit of an understanding of what like oh chinese parents are strict you know like puerto rican parents <laughs> are they're a little you know they're loud or whatever you know so, 
it kind of gives them a little bit of a now you don't want to be every you don't want everything to be stereotype based i try to make draw that line where it's like this is unique to me and my experience i'm not trying to uh, i i don't want you guys laugh because um my mom uh is uh like i i specific i remember i, I specifically don't do any asian -y voices i don't roll my r's or, or yeah you don't have to yeah no i just kind of it's i want the the material to be the stuff that's well, That's you're funny, you know? growing up as being uh, in a mixed culture, right? It's like your story. It's basically the right. story and you creating humor out of it, but it's not like you're trying to stereotype or say, you know, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, I do. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was, no, I was going to say it's funny because I'm, um, well, I mean, I'm full Latinx, but I'm Dominican and Mexican. So mm. I kind of relate this a little bit in the sense of like having like a different culture, you know what I mean? A mixed right. Culture. It just never fit in, right? It's like yeah. if you're not like too Dominican and you're not too Mexican or you're not too white and you're not too Mexican or in your case, you're not neither like full uh, Puerto Rican or full uh, Chinese. And it is like, you know, there is a constant pull, you know, yeah. where you're trying to you know, deal with everything around you and try to show that the person that you are, the true person that you are. And I, I give you, uh, I, I just want to congratulate you, man. I think that you, uh, you're actually doing an awesome job, you know? Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I try and I, you know, I try to, I'm still trying to get uh, better every day, but I really appreciate that. I, uh, I just thought of uh, this, I just thought of this really dumb joke earlier today. I've been making all these TikToks and stuff. So I was like, you know, did you know it's Chinese New Year? Yes, I was. I yeah, didn't yes. Yeah. Instagram or like posting, like you know, whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna be so, like to come to tell you, like, oh, happy Chinese New Year, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually not even talked about enough. It's so weird. It's it's like. You, you kind of hear it the day of. You're like, oh, it's yeah, it's all. Oh, is it okay? You know, it's kind of so it's so thrown <laughs> to the bus. Like, um, but I, I had this idea where it was like, um, I'm I'm trying to make really dumb TikTok videos. It's like my mom's Chinese and my dad's Puerto Rican, so on Chinese New Year, she gave me lucky money, but my dad stole it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, see that that's an example of like that's that's funny, but it's like it's so ridiculous it's like that's that's where the stereotypes kind of help you know but yeah <laughs> I've, been trying to, I, I've been thought about doing it on stage and like i guess it could work on stage but yeah you can talk about food like puerto rican food and chinese food you know it would be just oh yeah funny yeah there's there's so much there and it's 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 some it's a i love the challenge of it too because it's there are some mixed race comics out there that are successful, but it's something that's kind of uncharted territory, you know, talking about identity crisis, not fitting in, um, not belonging. It really is weird because you're not a race. You're, you're not even like, you're barely, uh, you're half, you know, you're barely full. Like neither side really accepts you. I have a joke where like, if I go to prison, <laughs> neither side's going to want to accept you. They're going to think I'm like, going to like steal their secrets and give them to the other gang it's uh, a sitcom i know i trust me like i've been you, people strangers tell me you got to write a sitcom and i and I have, I have i have i have so i have a pilot and stuff like it's not being made but I, i've written stuff but um this is comic andrew schultz who's he's kind of revolutionized the game he kind of he was a he's like a really like 
in your face, like tell you how it is offensive, offensive in the sense of like, it's funny, but people get super triggered by what he says. And he's just taken to YouTube and social media to put out his stuff because no networks wanted to touch him. And he has blown up because he's just super funny and super talented. But just because he was kind of telling it how it is, being honest, these networks didn't want to take a chance on him. And now he has like a, you know, he has millions of followers. He has a, now he's, now he finally got a Netflix special. They passed on his special originally because they were like, eh, you're a white guy. We can't, you know, have this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bill Burr is very controversial. And he's Bill, I'm just saying, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know about this guy that you're talking about. So, but I mean, Andrew's, Andrew's more of a, not new, but he's like, uh, Bill has been doing comedy, I think like 40 years or something. He's like oh. grandfathered in at this point because he was already, he already achieved greatness before this, um, the PC movement happened. Like when you get like Chappelle too, he's kind of like grandfathered. And once you get to a certain point and the timing is right, people expect you if you're a real, if you're one of the top five Matt Rushmore comedians, they want to hear what you have to say about this. You know, what's your take? Cause you're the comedian. Like we trust you to do it. Like if I did any of the stuff Bill Bird did, there would be no, like, I would have no uh, leisure, you know, like not leisure. Like I would have no, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you have a rope to, what is it? Not a rope. Oh gosh. I just, I, I, I could, I could make the joke great. Yeah. But I think it would be like, I just don't have the trust from people. Like you do have to get that kind of like trust, you know? And that doesn't mean you, if you're a newer comic like me, you shouldn't be doing those things. You should do whatever you think is funny. But um, those guys, people, you know, want to hear their takes and want to hear what they have to say. And, you know, they can get away with it because they've proven themselves as great. So it's like Tom Brady, seven Super Bowl rings, you know, it's like, that guy can do anything at this point. And people are going to be like, hey, I mean, come on. He's, he's, he's the best of all time, you know? Yeah. Uh, this has been a really good show. I don't want to keep it has been. longer. It has been amazing. Uh, I, you are amazing. Thank um, you. Really, I, had a, I had a really good time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Maybe we can have you uh, back on the too. again. Sure, sure. Sometime. Um, yeah, next time you need to speak in Spanish to us in Chinese and what? <laughs> I can I can do that. I, I said, well, yeah, next time you need to speak in Spanish. You get that no. Spanish to us I, in Chinese. I can speak Mandarin, but si I'm, I'm getting a Rosetta Stone to uh, I'm gonna learn how to speak Spanish. Okay, okay, okay. okay I should have learned over the course. Okay. So much free time. What was I doing? <laughs> it was so funny because growing up, my parents, uh, my mom would was like Spanish all the time, and then my dad would speak to us broken English. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> like up or whatever, but it's like so difficult being like bilingual sometimes because it's like you're thinking in Spanish but speaking in English. I don't know how to explain it. It's like really right. weird how things happen sometimes. Yeah, my mom used to my mom and I used to go back and forth in half English, half uh, It is weird. Yeah. It's a, an, an interesting dynamic, but as long as your parents find balance. And I think like in my case, like my, my parents found balance in uh, teaching us like both cultures or whatever, you know what I mean? I think so, it's very important to yeah. um, to, to teach um, your kids about, especially if you're gonna be from a mixed background, but any any background, you could be just default, but just to teach them, yeah. you know, 
where they come from, um, the, the cultures, because people, it's so weird when like, if you don't know, people ask you, they expect you to kind of know. And when you don't know, you kind of yeah. feel, that's when you really feel uncultured, when you don't even know about your own, your own goddamn ethnicity. Heritage, yeah. 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 So that is yeah, I think it's very important to know where people, I mean, we all need an identity, you know, our whole life is just trying to be like, who am I? What do I do? Who am I, you know, who's my, you know, who my part, who's my partner? Who's this, you know? What, what I'm here to do. <laughs> Why am I here? You know? So. Right. Yeah. Right. Classic. So, so close us out. Close us out. Uh, James, uh, tell us where you're going to be at. Uh, give us an, another shout out on like all your social media stuff. And uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, like when we can, um, when the episodes come out and stuff like that. Uh, sure. So I kind of went through a rundown of the the tour dates earlier but yeah, you can you can see everything at jamescamacho.com slash shows everything's listed there ticket links are all there um for the the podcast it's on apple podcast spotify youtube soundcloud i'm just a kid uh exclamation mark and uh episodes come out every monday um this monday coming up i believe um it won't be a heist so my podcast page is um it's 99% high school interviews but it, there's a couple other things in there like sprinkled in like um sometimes I do sometimes I do comedy advice podcast so Monday it's coming out it's going to be a uh, my buddy and I Jamarco Ceresi who is also really uh funny comic we talk about how to you know book corporate gigs and we we share kind of hell gig stories so the Monday's episode that's coming up is going to be that um but usually every Monday um there'll be new content up there. YouTube page also, it's like every week I post like four or five things there. It's anywhere from stand-up clips to like TikTok-y type of videos to um, podcast stuff, always new content coming out. My Instagram page, always content. Twitter, I tweet jokes all the time. I'm trying stuff out there. So um, that's, a lot, that's a litmus test for me for a lot TikTok. of my stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's it. It's all at Kamach Bro, C-A-M-A-C-H-B-R-O. Um, that's where you can find me. And uh, yeah, give me a follow, like me. Uh, please let me know if you like something. That's a lot of people. You know, they watch stuff. You know, they like it. That's great. Um, but I look at these numbers. Like if, some, if I post something, it gets like you know whatever five hundred likes. I'm like, oh, this is like this is good. This could be you know it helps me figure out what you get, well, you know, what my audience likes and helps me kind of figure out what to do in the future. Um, so yeah. And always feel free to reach out and let me know, you know, what you think about something. I'm always open to feedback and uh, trying to get better. So yeah. So, um, okay. Well, thank you so much. Once again, we are so grateful for you to come on our show. Episode one, season two. Woo. Uh, yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> So, we're back girl we're back thank you so much and um eddie do you want to just uh send us off yes i just want to thank everybody i want to thank you james for being here today with us thank you for being uh such a great person and making us laugh you were saying that uh the comedians were actually in the basement of uh of the whole actoral kind of uh uh building but let me tell you something that you are the base you make us laugh you make us be happy and you change our lives. Sometimes whenever we're sad, we just go to either uh, YouTube or Facebook lives or Instagram and y'all just make us laugh. So thank you. For, thank you for that. And well, 
We just want to see you back in our shop, in our show, anytime that you would like to come and visit us. We are here and we will be honored to have you here. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Goodbye. We love you.